Hello and welcome to The Mock Review with Ben and Drew. I'm Ben Garmo. And I'm Drew Evans. Well, Drew, we are finally back on the mics to discuss our final week of regionals. We know it's been a little while. Both of us are just in a really crazy time of year for a variety of reasons. Uh, We have tried a couple times to make our schedules line up to knock out this episode. It's just been difficult to make that work, but we definitely knew we wanted to do it. Um, And we're recording this right as orcs are about to get started. And, Mm -hmm. And what's so crazy, Drew... You know, everyone's talking about the whole, oh, it's been two years since everything shut down type of thing. But we really went essentially exactly two years between yep. in-person competitions because we had the first week of Orcs two years ago that happened. And then we shut down just a couple days later. And now we are finally getting back to in-person competition. And I cannot wait to get this episode done. And pretty soon we'll be able to do our episode to break down those Orcs results. I hope that everyone listening has been knocking on all the wood they can find, crossing all the fingers, whatever you got to do. Um, I I sincerely hope that you are right, Ben, that this is the end and that we are backed in person mock trial for good and that it can stay this way. You know, there are a lot of crazy things going on in the world right now, but at least mock trial is to a certain extent back. And that is really, really fun and really exciting. Um, you know, I got to say, Ben, it is it is really cool to be to be kind of back in that headspace of wow we're gonna get in-person orcs and in-person nationals and i'm just i i was really thinking even as you were saying it i'm just so excited for everyone that's gonna get to go see their old friends like get to just reconnect with teams that you have close relationships with i know that our teams are scrimming this weekend and i'm just so excited for those people that have never met each other to finally connect and and start to get to know each other. Like, I just think that there's so many great things about this activity that we're all getting back. And I'm, I'm really just, I'm thrilled about that. Yeah, I totally agree with you. You know, we'll be on the road uh, for our orcs next week. Uh, We're not competing this weekend. We're competing next weekend. And, you know, I mean, I was about to say I'm excited. It's orcs. I'm not excited, but (laughs) I'm excited in the sense that, you know, we enjoy competing virtually. It's it's fine, and we know how important it was for, for a significant length of time. It's not like you're good at it or anything, too. Right, so. I, you know, and, and it's funny, because whenever I mention virtual mock trial and, and sort of say, oh, I, I'm not overly fond of it, that's sort of everyone's reaction. And it's like, okay, true. But, you know, in-person mock trial contains so many benefits that we've talked about in so many ways on the show. Uh, and I'm just really looking forward to the opportunity to bring my team to Cincinnati and to really get closer. We've got a couple younger members of the program who are coming with us uh, and just really have an opportunity to compete at such a high pressure, high caliber tournament like Orcs is. Uh, But before we get into anything related to Orcs, we've got an entire week of Mm -hmm. regionals to break down our week four. So Drew, do you have any other thoughts on things generally, or should I take us to our first regional of week four? I will very, very briefly just say that in the update that I'm sure everyone cares so much about with my high school teams, sadly, for the third year in a row, my Massachusetts team, the Groton School, was eliminated in the Elite Eight. Um, We really can't get off that curse, but I guess in the grand scheme of things, it's a pretty good curse to have. I mean, I'll take Elite Eight for sure. Um, And the Georgia team that I I help out with, um, they are are still in it. They're in their state playoffs, and uh, they will be competing soon after their spring break is done and i'm anxiously awaiting to hear how they do 
But um, that's kind of it for the high school world of mock trial. Um, yeah, I think, Ben, if you want to give us our, our, our preview before we get into the regionals, go for it. Yeah, I, I think, you know, for me, things have uh, have been pretty crazy. As I uh, sit here right now recording, I've got a Maryland law team uh, competing at the American Association for Justice competition, uh, otherwise known as AAJ. Uh, we have an outside shot to possibly hit one of my former students at a, another <laughs> school in this area. Uh, and I'm both looking forward to and dreading that possibility. Uh, but it's been all mock trial all the time like it is uh, this time of year. So, uh, Drew, do you want to start us out with Regional 4A or, sure. or should I take us there? I can. I'm happy to start us on 4A. All right, let's um, do it. As, as everyone will remember from last time, we've got a lot of regionals here. So as a brief disclaimer, if we don't talk about your team it's because we hate you and we really just wanted to target your specific team. And that's the only reason why it's you <laughs> and case Western. on our exactly. list. <laughs> um, okay. But anyway, starting with regional four, a, we had six bids starting with Florida, a with seven wins and a 14 CS followed by St. Louis, a with six and a half wins and a 15 CS. Then UT Austin, a with six and a half wins and a 14 CS. And then Rochester D with six and a half wins and a 10 CS. Then we had Franklin and Marshall A with six wins and a 17 CS. And finally, UC Davis C with five and a half wins and a 12 and a half CS. We also had two honorable mentions here in Wellesley B with five wins and an 18 CS. And University of Illinois at Chicago B with five wins and a 16 CS. All right, so, you know, we're starting off here and I've, I've got to say, I don't remember the last time I've seen three teams tied at six and a half specifically that <laughs> stuck out to me when I was looking on, I was like, Oh wow, look at that. Um, a lot of really close ballots here is what you kind of saw. I think unsurprisingly, it's kind of dominated by Florida. They're, you know, they're pretty good at this activity if you haven't picked up on it. Um, and they're, you know, we talked last time about how deep their program is. This is Florida a, and if Florida E is making it through and Florida E is pretty good, you gotta believe Florida a is pretty good too. Um, their only loss was in their first round, and it was a bit of a surprising one against Trinity, who I, I don't think people would have thought was going to be a, a, a super competitive round, but it was a plus four minus one. And Trinity ended up with a 23 and a half CS. So yeah. they did not have a, a easy schedule. That is, is honestly brutal for them. Um, but definitely impressive to have taken that ballot off of Florida A. Um, I will say a couple of surprising teams to not make it out. We had Rutgers B not making it out with a, another very high CS of 23, and Fordham Lincoln Center B not making it out with a 20.5 CS. So definitely two, you know, very well-established programs. Their B teams, you know, not necessarily teams that are, are guaranteed to make it out, but I think the definitely teams that we could have expected to. Um, and just having those really high, brutal CSs, it just definitely is unfortunate for them. Um, I will also mention just Rochester D. Uh, you know, we always try to talk about it when a lower um, letter team makes it through. And I mean, that's just amazing to get a D team through. And I'll say that Rochester has not been having a tremendous year. Their, their other teams did not have as much success. Um, I, you know, all things being equal, we've talked about some really high CSs. They definitely didn't have the highest CS there, but you face who you face and, and they pulled it out. And for a D team to make it out, um, that's, that is always impressive. So my hat is off to Rochester. Uh, not clear whether that is going to be the team that is proceeding on 
two orcs or whether it's going to be their their a team or some amalgamation of them but um you know definitely impressive for rochester d to make it out um i think i've talked about a few different teams but ben there are a few others if you wanted to bring them up um so i'll toss it over to you for your thoughts yeah this was a very interesting regional uh you, we've seen some regionals this year that have been pretty balanced in terms of CS. This was not one of them. Uh, we had five teams at this regional, which I believe, not including the buy bust, had 23 teams. Um, five teams with the CS above 20. Uh, and then with that, you had a couple of teams with significantly lower CSs. You had an, you know, an 8, a 10, a, and then a 10.5, and, and the 10 was, was on Rochester, who got out. And without getting too far into a rabbit hole about how the cards can fall out, sometimes that can happen where you end up in this Mm -hmm. weird situation where maybe there's a lot of splits in round one, which it kind of looks like there was here, or you get, you mentioned the six and a half thing. I feel like ties could play a role into that, that you have the, Mm -hmm. a couple of tie and win or tie and loss or close splits and stuff like that. And that just results in, weird pairings uh, it, I, i'm sure that like jonathan woodward or diane michaelak <laughs> could could put more of a scientific spin on that but it just kind of weird stuff happens and you end up with these really high cs's and really low cs's uh, so that's kind of always noteworthy to me i feel like every so often someone kind of tosses a wrench into the gears of the pairing system and you end up with some strange results uh you talked about florida i will say that they had a very very close uh round three against the uh fordham lincoln center team here i don't mm-hmm. have the that's b that's, their that's b, b. Team. okay yeah mm-hmm. so so certainly uh not surprising at all that that round was close florida point plus one plus five but noteworthy just that lincoln center b played them as close as they did mm-hmm. uh there's team here that we know pretty well franklin and marshall who i know has been getting better every single year uh and so to see them get through comfortably uh, i'm not really surprised about they they had six wins and a 17 cs they were right behind that cluster of six and a half teams uh and that's really cool to see i know they've been a program in the past that has always been solid but hasn't really taken that big step forward so i'll be very interested to see how they perform at orcs Uh, And then beyond that, you know, we kind of went through the different teams here. You have St. Louis, who I feel like is usually a pretty solid team. We've hit them in the virtual years a couple times, and they've been good. Uh, UT Austin uh, definitely is a team that I feel like I'm keeping an eye on. We'll talk about their B team later, who my B team played. And and I think they're a team, I don't know if I feel like I have a clear sense of, of their program identity. They're not a program I'm super familiar with, but... I mean, UT is just such a huge, prominent school that has to have endless amounts of talent. Um, I don't know what their resources are like, but they're a team that I feel like I'm keeping an eye on to see if they can take a step forward uh, at Orcs this year. And then to kind of round off talking about everybody else, you had UC Davis uh, at the end. This was Mm -hmm. their C team. Uh, And so, you know, we talk about West Coast power, but UC Davis C out here, you know, getting a bid in addition to their mm-hmm. other teams and, and just an impressive showing uh, from them. I think you kind of covered most of it. Rutgers B, uh, you mentioned them. Obviously, we're going to talk about Rutgers A a little bit later. Mm-hmm. And then I think I'll finish it off here with a note. Uh, friends of the pod at USC Aiken, glad to see that they were able to compete at a virtual regionals. They had a couple of wacky splits. Um, I know that they've had some success in their early years, and, and it looks like they had a good team that just wasn't able to find the right path out uh, at this regional, but good to see them uh, competing. Anything else that you see here? So the only other thing I was just going to mention was then when you were talking earlier about 
kind of the, the weirdness with the CS. I was checking this on the tab sheet. Of the teams that made it out, like those six, not a single one was 4-0 and um, after the first day. Hmm. And I think that's kind of interesting. Like I think, to your point, it was just a lot of splits early on, and then it seemed like the second day was a little bit more consistent, if that makes sense. Like the second day was a lot of clean sweep rounds, and all the teams that made it out were, were you know really doing a lot of clean sweep. Florida, 4-0 the second day. UT Austin, 4-0 the second day. Um, St. Uh, St. Louis was three and one, but like point being that I think that you're seeing a lot of those teams kind of first day had some struggles and the second day they really got it together. And that's, I think what produced such a weird array of CSs, but I'm um, definitely an interesting one to look at a, a kind of a fun regional to study and take a closer look at just because those numbers get a little bit wacky, but I think we've covered most of the teams and in the interest of not sticking too long on any one regional. I think Ben, if you want to move us on to four B say, go for it. Yeah, I can definitely do that. And that's, that's as we move forward, that is a very interesting point. I'm glad you picked up on that because that, you know, there are kind of two types of 4-0 and teams at regionals. There are teams that mm-hmm. went 4-0 because they're like very, very powerful, dominant teams. And there are teams that like face two not super great teams and go 4-0. Mm-hmm. and And oftentimes those are the teams that you see end up with four and a half or maybe five right. wins or something like that. Right. So just kind of a thing to note. But let's uh, keep moving us forward because we've got lots more regionals to talk about. So let's go to Regional 4B. And our six bids in order, we're going to start with a program that we're very good friends with. That's American A, eight wins and a 14 CS. Then we had Tufts C, seven wins and a 16 CS. NYU A, seven wins and a 16 CS. Stanford A, six wins and a 22 CS. Princeton B with six wins and a 17 CS and a triple digit point differential. That's going to come up later. Uh, (laughs) And finally, Boston College C with six wins and a 15 CS. Two honorable mentions here. We had Air Force A, five wins and a 13 CS. And then Dickinson C, five wins and a 12 CS. Uh, A few things that I noticed here right off the bat. I certainly think Howard A not getting a bid is, is worth noting. My B team scrimmaged a team that I think was primarily Howard A uh, a week or two before regionals. They were very, very good. Uh, They just had a really, really tough schedule. And it just is unfortunate for them because I saw them recently. I know how good they are. I know they're an Orcs caliber team. Uh, You made this note as we were typing up the outline, just going down the list, right? Like American Tufts, NYU, Stanford as your first four bids. And three of those four are A teams. This was a tough regional. Uh, And then I think the primary note that I would make, American is such an interesting program. They had those absolutely elite dominant years uh, in like, I think it was 2015. I forget what year they they were in there, the top three or top four at nationals, but they just had those amazing teams. And then over the last couple of years, they've still been very good, but they haven't broken through to nationals. And now, again, well, you know, I'm not going to jinx anything or predict anything, but they certainly seem like a formidable team and a team that people should should watch out for. Uh, I know that that whole program has been working really hard with Mike Romano and everyone else behind the scenes. And so I'm certainly not surprised to see American have the success uh, that they have. Uh, And then I think there's a couple other things to note here, Drew. Uh, You picked up on one particular round that you wanted (laughs) to focus on, so I will kick it over to you to give us uh, your thoughts on this region. All right, let me just say that I am so glad that we didn't release our our last episode 
before this regional because I would have felt like it was somehow I had done this. But there was a round that had a plus 72 in it. I mean, I remember last time I was like, oh, plus 53 or something like that. Like, that's crazy. Like, well, when do we see a plus 53? <laughs> plus 72. So this round um, was Princeton versus CCNY. And so it was a plus 72, plus 23. And I think a plus 23 would normally be alarmingly high. But the fact that among two ballots, you're getting a spread of 95. Yeah. Like, what the heck happened? And and here's the thing. Like, when I first looked at that, I said to myself, okay, Princeton, you know, it's the Princeton B team. But I'm going to go ahead and assume that they're a very polished team that probably off notes, uh, you know, probably put together a very strong presentation. And maybe if they face a team that is just totally woefully unprepared, you know, I could see someone, you know, really wanting to punish a team that's clearly on notes or doesn't know how to object properly or is rude or I, I don't I, look, I don't think that I would ever score that far apart, but maybe someone does. But the weird thing is that this wasn't like a terrible team. CCNY then won their next round and they they did lose their round three and four, but they were against good teams. Like they had a high CS. This does not strike me as a totally junk team. Um, and I, I've never seen them go, but I, I'm just that that round, I, I it stuck out to me. And I said to myself, what the heck is happening there? And just for some context for people to understand what, what a plus 72 means, that means that on average, each aspect, the the uh, the winning team was more than five points favored. So if one team got a nine, the other team got a four. If one team got an eight, the other team was getting a three on average. So that means there were some times where it was more than that. And I just, I don't know, that baffles me. I, I can't understand why you need to score that way. Um, but I don't want to stick on this one point for too long. Um, there were some other really interesting things. Just like in, in 4A, we also had that same kind of weird, a lot of high CSs, a lot of low CSs thing. You've got Arizona with a 23 CS, Stanford, which, oh my gosh, six wins with a 22 CS is stupendous. Really, really impressive. You've got Howard A with a 21 CS, which, I mean, we haven't even talked about that yet. Somehow Howard A didn't make it out. Um, I will say this is their second year in a row now, not making it out with the straight through bid, which is, is pretty surprising. I mean, Howard is a strong program. Um, but again, I mentioned CCNY, they had a 22 CS, Middlebury had a 20 CS, Brown C had a 20 CS. Then you got some lower CSs like LaSalle with a seven and Scranton with a nine. So definitely some kind of weird results there. Um, but I mentioned them quickly. I just, I need to say this Stanford, you need to realize that they faced Tufts, Princeton, Boston college, and then Howard, and they went six and two like Tufts, Princeton, and BC all three got bids, and then they had the, the one team that Stanford faced that isn't going that didn't get a straight through bid to Orcs is Howard, who will be going to Orcs on an open bid, but it's still Howard. Like that's just a ridiculous schedule. I mean, I cannot imagine a more difficult schedule. That is truly a schedule you would expect someone to have at Orcs. So hand is off to Stanford to make it out. And and like you said, Ben, this is just a brutal, brutal field. Um, last thing I will really, really quickly mention, and I know I'm probably over my five minutes, but I want to highlight American A for a second here. They did something that is is really a remarkable feat, and that is that their prosecution counsel table, all three of their attorneys got awards. 
they all three had 16 ranks. And thank God this, to- this tournament recognized 16 ranks as an award. That means that they were the top three ranked attorneys on every single ballot, and they had the perfect distribution to get it there so that they could each have 16. I, I mean, that's just, that's amazing. That is really, really an impressive and amazing, amazing accomplishment. I, I mean, you got to be really happy if you're American A and all three of your attorneys manage to get awards um, on the same side. I mean, that's just, it truly seems like a team effort and it is exciting that they would go 8-0 and all three get awards. So my hat is off to them, but I think I've been talking for way too long. So Ben, I'll toss it back to you. Anything else that you're seeing over here? I think you covered most of it with that American um, <laughs> award bench. What's really interesting to me as, as an amateur rep is there were nine attorney awards at 17 or higher. So if there had been one more, if any of these other 16s had pulled a 17, those those awards wouldn't have happened, which is not to suggest they didn't deserve them. Uh, it's just that that's the way it goes is, is you the cutoff is 10. And so that's just such an impressive feat. And I really think... You know, we don't spend a lot of time highlighting individual awards on this podcast because we just don't have the time or knowledge of, of mm-hmm. all of the people in the country. But the highlight of very, very elite teams, of the greatest teams, is not always winning a ton of individual awards. Oftentimes, it's those teams knowing internally, mm-hmm. oh, uh, my attorneys went 15, 15, 14, right? Or 16, mm-hmm. 15, 15, yep. Yep. where it's like, okay, it's not a situation where one person is getting all of the awards. Maybe one person breaks through occasionally, but it's judges saying, oh, wow, you were all so great that you're going to be the right. top of my ballot. But I, you know, different judges like different attorneys on, on different benches. And, and that to me is the mark of a really great team. Uh, I know that that was something when, when my team started to have national level success, uh, that was something that I noticed, right? That we would win awards, um, and obviously, you know, certain people who have since moved on won a lot of those <laughs> awards, but it wasn't always uh, those people. Or you would have a situation where someone would win an award with 20, and then another person on that bench would win an award with 16 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that just shows that the depth of a team and, and their ability to really be strong. So I think that that's always worth noting. And I think aside from that, I'm just glancing back through our list of teams here. I think that we pretty much talked about everybody here. Um, I know we've mentioned Stanford. I mean, just such an impressive showing from them. Uh, We've talked uh, at length about NYU on this show. I will be fascinated to see how they perform at Oryx. They're a Mm -hmm. program that I could see getting back to national level prominence very quickly. Uh, And so they'll be a very interesting team to watch. Uh, And then I, you know what, I'm going to say this one last thing that we should move forward. That plus 72 ballot I would suggest to AMTA that I, I don't know who that, that judge was. Maybe it's someone who's like a friend of mine. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> maybe that person shouldn't judge for a little while because Seriously. that has to feel pretty lousy for that other team. And like you said, there's evidence to suggest that that was not the most representative. I'm not saying that like using the full range is prohibited, but it sounds to me like maybe that was an unnecessary use of the full range. Um, you know, this wasn't, you know, like Yale a versus a team who's brand new at mock trial and has never read the right. case before. Right. And so at the very least, I hope that's a situation where somebody kind of talks to that judge and says, Hey, maybe in the future, make it a plus 50 or a plus 40. So that one team doesn't go home feeling like they, you know, didn't belong there or something oh, hold like up. that. 
it doesn't need to be a plus 50 either, yes. man. Yes, like, I agree. A plus 20 is plenty. No one walks away from a plus 20 thinking, oh, that was a close round. Like, <laughs> it's fine. Like, if you here's the thing, guys. If on every single aspect of the ballot, you were the better team, and they give you a win by just one point, and I'm not advocating for that. I think you should differentiate more than that. But if you did that, then the better team would win by 14 points. Like, that, like to me, anything more than, like, a 28-point win, I'm like, that's just excessive. Like, really? Like, you think that they were, like, such a different world? Like, I, I don't know. I, again, we have too much to talk about. I don't want to get on the soapbox, but 72 is too much, and I, I do agree, Ben. I don't know who that was, but they should really revisit why they're judging because I don't know that that was productive. I agree with you. I think we've covered this one, so I think if you right. want to move us to 4C. All right, let's do it. 4C had another six bids, starting with MITA with eight wins and a 15 CS, followed by Penn A with seven wins and a 17 CS, then Georgia Tech B with seven wins and a 15 and a half CS, then UC Santa Clara B with six wins and an 18 CS, and then Amherst A with six wins and a 13 and a half CS, and finally Harvard A with five and a half wins and an 18 and a half CS. We also had two honorable mentions in Syracuse A, who also had five and a half wins, but an 11 and a half CS. And then Southern Methodist University A, with five wins and a 16 CS. Okay, so let's start at the top. MIT A. I think they have been the talk of the town since this regional, because MIT was very close to getting a bid to nationals last year. They were right on that edge, and they were phenomenal this year they have shown that they are just as good they swept took two ballots off of harvard a a team that was in the top 10 at nationals and a lot of people think is one of those teams to be in it at the end so mita i mean they are looking good and i th- i will just say briefly you know we talk about mit and how brutal their cs's have always been you know what's the way to get around that you just got to beat them. doesn't matter who you face. You face the Harvard A of your region, freaking beat them. That's how you make sure you make it to regionals. So I don't think that the uh, the AMTA or the, the pairing gods were doing them any favors. I think they've just gotten so damn good that it doesn't matter who you put against them. They're going 8-0, and there's nothing stopping them on their warpath. So MIT is my team that I think everyone should have their eye on. I will fully admit that that is they are in the same orcs as, as Haverford, and I am crossing my fingers and hoping that we do not have to face them in our C group round because that is a brutal C pairing to get. Um, and I'll just the last thing I'll say about MIT: we just talked about American having that amazing, uh, you know, <laughs> something that you almost never see. And of course, what do we have in our very next regional? Well, we have another uh, sixteen, sixteen, sixteen award winners from MIT. I mean, you said it before, Ben, but it is just really something special when you get that. I just, it really is just something that is always worth noting because it's just so rare and it's so hard to do. Um, and, and again, MIT actually, like, they even had their three attorneys all on the prosecution bench and then also a defense attorney got an award. So if you look at the tab port, you're, it looks like almost a misprint. So you got four MITs in a row, all with 16 uh, awards i mean or ranks sorry it really is impressive and my hat is off to them they had a tremendous showing the other team i want to briefly mention is upenn um 
I, I actually have a fairly good relationship with that team and, and still talk with them fairly frequently. Both their uh, award winners are, are people I know well, Nick and, and Gabby. They're great. Um, and, and I'm really happy to see them moving back to Orcs. You know, they made it to nationals last year and, and Ben ended up facing them. They're a very solid program and I'm excited to see them really bringing that back. Um, definitely a good showing from them. Um, obviously there are other teams to talk about though here. So Ben, I will, I will toss it over to you and you can, uh, get into a few of them for us. Yeah. You definitely covered a lot of what I think is, is big about this regional. This was another one of those regionals where, you know, we talked about like the California teams who ended up in the same regional. And then, you know, you had an interesting geographical situation here with Harvard, MIT, and Penn all having their A teams here and Syracuse. Uh, all having their A teams mm-hmm. here. And so you almost had, th- this could have been like a New Haven regional or, or something yeah. like that. Um, I totally agree with you about MIT. Uh, Harvard, I think, and it was a very close round between MIT and Harvard. I think it was a two and a three. Uh, Harvard has one of the best one-two punches in the country, uh, attorney-wise, in Travis Harper and Audrey Vanderslice. Uh, and they both uh, got attorney awards, and then Travis also got a witness award. And so I do not think that this suggests to me whatsoever that that Harvard is not still a national level threat. I just think it suggests, like you said, that so is MIT. They had mm-hmm. such a strong weekend, similar to what we were just discussing uh, with uh, American and, and doing that that three sixteens on the same side that they really just had a su- such a strong performance. And to pull that while also facing off with. Um, and I was trying to figure this out. So, so MIT and that route against Harvard, they were defense. Um, and so they got their three attorney awards on the other side, but they still got that defense attorney award, even though Harvard got a plaintiff attorney award uh, as well. So you had a ton of awards that came out of that round. Hmm. Uh, not surprising at all. Uh, after those other teams, you had an interesting uh, matchup between the two. You had Penn A and Georgia Tech B, I believe was a split mm-hmm. in uh, round three. You had a, so you had a plus three for Georgia Tech and a plus one for Penn A, uh, two very, very good teams there. That's certainly the type of round that I could see repeating itself at, at Nationals. Uh, and I totally agree with you about Penn. That team pushed us at Nationals. That was not a comfortable round. I did not feel good after that round. I think two of the ballots were by two or something like that. Um, and that, I mean, that was kind of one of the closest rounds that we had all nationals. And that was a very, very strong team. And actually the second year in a row that we'd hit a Penn team at nationals <laughs> and we saw them take a huge step forward from uh, 2020 to 2021. So I expect that team to be very good. Uh, after that, you know, there's not a ton of unsurprising results here. Um, we did have, have SMU who's currently ranked 120th. They didn't get through. They had five wins at Orcs last year. Uh, we had Miami B, who didn't get through. Uh, and, and, you know, I guess that's a little bit of a surprise, although they're not always an Orcs team, so maybe not a huge shock. Um, and SMU did, I mean, they're, they're going to Orcs. They, they got an open bid. They had five wins, um, but, you know, not getting an earned bid. And then, you know, we have the last few. We had Santa Clara B, who had a strong weekend. You know, they got through on an 18 CS Syracuse A, uh, who got an open bid at five and a half and eleven and a half CS, so a little bit lower there. And then Amherst A, which is different from UMass Amherst. Uh, it's always very important to me to clarify, you know, which uh, state type name school that we're talking about. <laughs> and uh, Amherst A also had a strong weekend. I'll be interested to see. They're not a team I know a tremendous about, um, and I'll be interested to see uh, how they perform as well. 
But I think the big highlights here are the ones that you mentioned, the MIT, Harvard, Penn, Georgia Tech, and all four of those teams, I think, are teams that we could see at Nationals this year. Yeah, I, I think that the last thing I'll just say, and, and I don't want to dwell too much longer because we've we've talked about both American and, and MIT, but there is something they have in common. And, you know, it, it, I, I don't want to give them any more free press, but uh, if you know what I'm talking about, you know. And it is it's just kind of interesting, right? Like the, the effect that that must have on a team. And uh, I guess they must be pretty good at objections over there to get all of their attorneys doing that well. <laughs> um, so definitely congrats to both of those teams. To Congrats to all the teams that are making that. This was another just really tough regional. But um, I think that we can go ahead and move on to 4D if you want to take it away, Ben. All right, let's do it. So we're going to go to Regional 4D. Our bids in order were Baylor A, 7 wins and a 17 and a half CS. Cornell A, 7 wins and a 17 CS. Washington College A, 7 wins and a 17 CS. They uh, narrowly were behind Cornell A on the OCS tiebreak. Then we had Chicago A with 7 wins uh, and a 17 CS. And they narrowly were behind Washington College A on the OCS tiebreak. And then we had Northwestern C with six wins and a 16 CS and Rice A with five wins and a 16 CS. We also had two honorable mentions here, Drake A with five wins and a 12 CS and Creighton A with five wins and an 11 and a half CS. This was a particularly interesting regional to me uh, because it kind of worked the way that the pairing system is supposed to. So we Mm -hmm. had four teams at seven wins at the top And we had two different splits between those teams. In round two, Chicago A and Cornell A faced off against each other, and they split. Those were those teams' only losses. In round three, Baylor A and Washington College A faced off against each other, and they split. And those were those teams' uh, only losses. And all four of those teams, and we were only a half-point CS away from having a four-way, seven-win, 17-CS tiebreak (laughs) at the top of this Uh, regional i don't know who repped here but i'm sure they're glad that they only had to figure out three of those and not four (laughs) um but that just shows that you had four teams here that that seem to be roughly on equal footing for three of those teams that's not a huge shock chicago a is one of the best teams in the country cornell a has been for a little while they're climbing their way back up baylor a is a very very good program washington college is an interesting team uh, they are not the University of Washington. They're they're a different mm-hmm. school. Um, they're not uh, Washington and Lee. They're not Washington Adventist. They're not George Washington. You know, like pick all of the other Washington-based schools that that we have in AMTA. Uh, and so certainly very impressive to see them come in. They're an unranked team, uh, and to take a ballot off of Baylor A and then go uh, undefeated the rest of the way. Uh, one or two other notes here, some teams in our area that didn't get through that are a little surprising. You had both Temple A, uh, who was at Orcs last year, didn't have a ton of success, but was at Orcs last year, and uh, Delaware A, uh, who's ranked 182nd and was usually a, a pretty solid to good team. A couple years ago was was you know really, really great team, uh, and so a little bit surprising uh, not to see them get through. Uh, Drew, what did you see at this one that I didn't cover? Well, one thing I'll just quickly mention, because you mentioned the Washington College, uh, you know, it's kind of surprise from them. I'm really disappointed. They actually ended up declining their bid. Um, and it's a pity because I really would have loved to see how they did it. Orcs, you, you know, you, you mentioned it, but they really had a very impressive showing. And they have grouped themselves up with Baylor, Cornell, and Chicago, A. 
I mean, those are three really strong programs to be in the same breath as. So that's a very, I'm intrigued to see what um, what comes of them next year and what, what happens. You know, Drew, it's so interesting. While you were talking about that, I, I did a little bit of, of additional research. Uh, and I have to sort of throw myself on the sword a little bit here. I didn't realize that Washington College is a team in Maryland. Uh, they're not a school that I was familiar with before then. Uh, so I apologize if anyone from Washington College is listening. Uh, it wasn't an intentional oversight. I just wasn't uh, familiar with your school. But that's really exciting uh, that Washington College is a team from Maryland. I hope they're a team that we get to see around in future years. Uh, you just mentioned them declining their bid. I, I don't know if that was a situation where maybe the transition to in-person made things difficult because uh, you would think D.C. you know wouldn't have been too far of a trip. Right, right. But all things considered... Uh, that's really great for them to at least get a bid here. I see that uh, I see a news article from back in 2019 of them going to their first regionals. So clearly they've they've moved forward quickly in a, in a short period of time. So just wanted to mention that briefly because I think you and I weren't overly yeah. familiar with them, but clearly there's someone we're going to know about now. And hopefully we'll be seeing them on the circuit more in the invites than if they're in this area. That's awesome. Um, well, I will I will continue on a little bit. Uh, there are a few other teams I wanted to mention here. Northwestern C making it through is definitely um, very noteworthy, particularly because their A team didn't. Um, this does secure that there will be two teams from Northwestern competing at Orcs. Um, again, not a surprise at all. Northwestern is one of the top programs in the country, and this is sh- should not surprise anyone that their C team is making it through but it is just never not going to be impressive to get a C team through. Um, And then the last thing that made it through was Rice A. Uh, I think this was a bit of a a surprise. Like Rice A just kind of, they were a pretty solid team that was making it to Oryx and having some solid runs for a few years. And and then they kind of fell off for a little bit. Uh, Hadn't heard a lot from them, but now they're coming back and get a nice bid to Oryx. So exciting to see how they do. Um, You kind of covered a few of these other teams, but I think that for the most part, uh, this was a, a fairly what we expected regional. I think that our neck of the woods, um, with the exception of Washington College, didn't do quite as well um, as, as you know, I would hope. Um, just, you know, you mentioned Temple in Delaware. But um, I think that for the most part, this was about what was expected. You really do, as you pointed out, have those A teams from some really top programs up at the top um, making it through. And, and if you notice, other than Northwestern C, every single team we talked about was an A team. This was just a lot of A teams, top teams from good programs duking it out. And uh, it seems to me like like the teams that really should have been moving on are moving on. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think you can go ahead and take us to 4E because our, our nemesis is there. And so ah, uh, let's, let's uh, go talk about them. <laughs> okay, in 4E with six bids, our first bid out is Case Western A, which I guess that's become a meme that we don't like them, even though I think they're wonderful people. Um, Case Western A with eight wins and an 18 CS. Amazing, amazing job. Um, Eastern Kentucky A got seven wins and a 10 and a half CS. Then Arizona State D with six wins and a 21 CS. Then Hamilton A with six wins and a 19 CS. Then Northwood A with six wins and a 14 and a half CS. And then finally Cornell B with five wins and a 21 CS. We also had three honorable mentions in DePaul A with five wins and an 18 CS. Kansas A with five wins and a 15 and a half CS. And then UCLA D with five wins and a 15 CS. So I feel like it must have been last year that we were talking about last year or a few years ago that there was like an Arizona State 
E or some crazy team that that made it either made it through or barely didn't make it out with a ridiculously high CS. And here they're back at it doing it again. Six wins and a 21 CS is really uh, that to me stuck out and was really impressive. And in part, it happened because what looks like a a high in round four, Case Western and Arizona State were both in the out bracket as in they have already secured their bid. And so you end up having that kind of high, high six and over six and over pairing. And this is because the seventh place team at that point was only three wins. So because they already have a bid, you let them face each other instead of knocking out someone else that has a shot. So that definitely impacted Arizona State's um, record being six and two with such a high CS. Um, and also goes to show that Case Western did not have an easy path facing a six and zero in round four and still managing to take both. So, uh, you know, despite what people may think, Case Western did a phenomenal and amazing job. My hat is off to them. Really, really proud. That is a amazing, amazing accomplishment. And they are a team that I, I really am going to be watching. They are pulling it together this year and they look really formidable. Not a team that I would want to have to face. Um, a couple other teams that I'll mention quickly. We've got Northwood here. Um, always just such a fun team to face. They are always so, so good. Um, you know, I, I've always really enjoyed getting to face Northwood. They make it out of here pretty cleanly. They had a tough round three against that Arizona State team. Um, you know, it looked like a pretty solid win for Arizona State. And I honestly just read that as being very impressed by Arizona State. They clearly have a lot of depth um, to be getting a D team through and to be beating a Northwood A. Um, that is really significant. All right, Ben, though, I will I will toss it back to you, um, see what you thought of this regional. This was an interesting one. I, I think that you're right that sort of the highlight of this regional is Case Western A. Uh, I always like to keep an eye on teams that I feel like are rising quickly, uh, and Case Western in the the latest year on the TPR doesn't have any Orcs points. Then in 2020, they've got five, and then last year they took nine and a half ballots at Orcs and five and a half ballots at Nationals. So that suggests to me a team that is sort of quickly progressing through the ranks and, and you know, sort of rising up the TPR quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's always fun to keep an eye out for those teams. I feel like a couple of years ago, we were that team, you know, a team that like people hadn't really heard of. And I think you guys have been that team before mm-hmm. as well, where it's like all of a sudden you're playing this team and not that people haven't heard of Case Western, but that as of a couple of years ago, maybe they didn't know as much about them. So it'll be very interesting to see how they perform at Orcs. Totally agree with your analysis of Arizona State. We had a couple other strong A teams here. We had Eastern Kentucky A, uh, who got seven wins. They had a pretty low CS, but still had a very strong performance. And then Hamilton A, uh, they're certainly a team that I would keep an eye on. They're ranked 89th. They got seven ballots at Orcs last year. Um, They went six and two. They did have a lower PD because they had some strange splits in there Mm -hmm. uh, over the course of their weekend. But we hit them every so often, and, and I think they're a, a strong team that, that kind of plays a clean style, so I feel like they're worth keeping an eye on. Cornell B, just continuing to show the strength of Cornell's program and how they're really uh, trying to get back to where they were just a couple years ago. And then you've got this sort of cluster of five-win teams, DePaul A, Kansas A, uh, and then, of course, UCLA D. I mean, UCLA is, is UCLA. They're, they're just a, a really, really great program. Uh, I don't remember if you mentioned Stanford B. Uh, mm-hmm. They were here, um, and they went four and four. They kind of had a, a weird path through, and then in yeah. round four, uh, they're fighting to try to get that 
that second bid for Stanford, and they went plus 15 minus one against Hamilton A. Uh, and that's after a very, very close loss, I believe, to UCLA. Yeah, so UCLA D and Stanford B. I'm sure we're thrilled to see each other in a virtual tournament and went plus two minus three. Uh, in a very, very close round there. So uh, I think Stanford's B team is probably Orcs caliber. They just kind of had a weird uh, set of circumstances to knock it through. Uh, other than that, I think you basically covered it, Drew. Anything else before we move on? No, I think uh, go ahead and take us forward. All right. So we've gotten through our first five uh, in a clean 47 minutes. So we're doing great <laughs> here. Um, but let's go ahead and move to Regional 4F. Regional 4F, our bids in order. We had UMass Amherst A, 8 wins and a 14 CS. Miami A, 8 wins and a 13 CS. Harvard B, 6 wins and an 18 and a half CS. Fordham Rose Hill A, 6 wins and a 15 and a half CS. Southern California D, 6 wins and a 15 CS. Florida C, 6 wins and a 13 CS. And then UCLA E. Well, I should say those were our six bids. And then our honorable mention was UCLA E with five wins and a 20 CS. Uh, so there's not a lot to go through here. I feel like if you look at the six bids plus the regional plus the honorable mention, uh, you kind of had a tale of two sides here. The top couple bids, you had UMass A, Miami A, Harvard B, you know, top or near the top programs at, at really, really great teams. Uh, just not a surprise to see UMass A and Miami A both go 8-0. It's always kind of a bummer to me when you see that and those teams don't play each other because that's a matchup I would have really liked to see the results of, uh, but not a huge shock there. And then near the lower end, you then also had Fordham Rose Hill A, who had a strong weekend. And then you had three lower letter teams from three of the best team programs in the country. You had USCD, Florida C, and then honorable mention was UCLA E. And so you kind of had the like the featured A and B teams at the top, and then the C and D teams sort of fighting it out for those last couple bids. Uh, and I think I have in my notes here, really, do we need another California school that gets their <laughs> D team out? Like that's, was that a thing that we all needed to manifest happening in, in 2022? But but for good for USC and, and not surprising there. Um, one note: uh, Denver A didn't get through. Uh, not a like massively shocking result, but they have been two orcs uh, three years in a row. They don't usually win a ton of ballots there, uh, but usually at least they're a consistent uh, orcs team, uh, and and that's I guess a little bit noteworthy. Uh, Drew, anything else here that you picked up on? Yeah, a couple of things. Um, I will start by just saying that you know. Miami A made it out and their B and C team both hadn't. Um, and you know, definitely Miami is just up there as one of the top programs. They always will be. They're just phen phenomenal and not surprised to see them make it out. I agreed with what you said. I would have loved to see them face UMass Amherst, but um, you know, on a weekend in which all the other Miami teams were also going, the A team showed that they are the A team and they are you know, ready to go. Um, I will, I will say that it is definitely not surprising at all to see some of those deep teams that you mentioned at the bottom at all. Like you said, they are just, you know, it, it is something special that they do over at USC, Florida and UCLA. I, I don't have much else other than what you said about them. Um, one thing I did want to mention is Howard B. We talked earlier about Howard A not making it out. Now, Howard A, Howard A was able to claim an open bid, but Howard B 
was four and four with a 23 CS. And I'll tell you, I mean, their round two was a plus two minus one against uh, the uh, against Florida, you know, which you just talked about how deep and good they are. And they got swept in round three against, uh, you know, that UMass Amherst team that went eight. No, I mean, it was a minus three, minus four, though, the, the by far the two closest ballots that UMass Amherst had the whole weekend. Like, man, I feel like Howard has just been they, they had a tough regionals. And I'm I'm looking forward to the fact that their A team will be moving on to Orcs. And I'm, I'm hoping to see them uh, put in a good showing there. They've clearly just gotten some really bad luck, both their A and B teams. Um, and and you, you really you know that Howard is 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 a team that belongs at Orcs and a team that is is really of high caliber. And they probably could have had two teams there. So definitely intrigued to see how they end up doing. Um, but just wanted to note that. I think that for the most part, you covered it. Um, that was the one team um, outside of Denver that was kind of a bit of a surprise. I think the rest of the teams that made it through, like I said, are, are kind of the ones that we expect. We did have uh, Iona College and friend of the pod, Gelf's team here. Uh, always love to note that. Um, uh, they, they had a bit of a tough showing. I, I feel like Iona College goes 4-4 four and four every year. Um, sometimes it's 4-0 the first day and 0-4 the second day. This time it was 0-4 the first day and 4-0 the second day. So if they can just put those together, you know, just get one, <laughs> one day from one. And Obviously, I know that part of this comes from the way you get matchups and everything, but I uh, would just love to see them get some success. It's such a great guy over there, and you know the people over there are great. But I think that's mostly what what I was seeing over here. Um, ben, anything I'm missing? The only other things that I'll I'll mention, and then we should move forward. Uh, I briefly mentioned Fordham Rose Hill, but they're certainly a team that I always have my eye on. They're they're probably uh, I feel like they're kind of the Michigan State to Lincoln Center's Michigan, and that they're really really. I feel like I just pissed off four teams at one time right there somehow. Yes. <laughs> um, no, but I, and what I mean by that is all really really great teams we hit Fordham Rose Hill frequently they're very very good we've hit them at Orcs before um but they're usually just a little bit below Lincoln Center in terms of rankings and prominence and stuff like that um and then the last thing that I'll mention and then you should move us forward UMass Amherst has done something very very uh impressive I was just kind of glancing at the TPR here they are above they're ranked 46th and they are above a lot of teams who have made nationals in recent years but they have Hmm. not made nationals mm. in the last three mm. years. They won eight ballots at Orcs last year, and I think they lost a, a very, very narrow tiebreak. We hit their A-team uh, and, and took two out of three from them, but it was a tough, close round. And I do believe, so that the featured uh, moment in that round was a closing between Peter Jones and Sidney Gaskins. I do believe they are now teammates uh, for oh, a certain really? uh, team over on the West Coast at UCLA. Um, I think I saw that correctly or heard that correctly from Sydney. Uh, so UMass Amherst, uh, just a really, really great program. Beyond that, Drew, that's all I got. All right, cool. And I will I will briefly say that that is a great example of why whoever you're closing against now might be your co-counsel later, might mm-hmm. be someone working at a firm with you. So take that into account and be nice to your, your opposing counsels. Be friendly to everyone. And who knows? Maybe it'll be teammates one day. Um, but on that note, let's go ahead and move along to Regional 4G. Uh, starting here, we had six bids, starting with Georgia Tech A with seven wins and a 17 CS. Then UMass Amherst, who we were just talking about, their C team with six and a half wins and a 10 and a half CS. Then Florida International with their A team with six wins and a 19 CS. Then Toronto A with six wins and a 17 CS. Minnesota A with six wins and a 15 CS. 
UC Irvine C with six wins and a 14 CS. And then our two honorable mentions were UT Austin B, five wins and a 17 CS, and Howard C with five wins and a 14 CS. This was the team that got the bid for Howard. Someone finally broke that four win uh, uh, wall for them, and it was their C team. Um, okay, so we just talked about UMass Amherst. Don't need to dwell on them anymore. Their C team making it through certainly impressive. Um, a bit of a lower CS, but still six and a half wins is six and a half wins. Good on them. Um, I think that this was a bit of a like scratch regional to a certain extent with one exception. And that to me was was UNCA. Now, UNCA has been kind of slowing down for the last few years. Um, they've definitely been kind of, they used to be a, a top team. They'd been to nationals a few times. Now they're ranked just 147th. Um, they had a fairly good showing in 2019 when they were at nationals, but they haven't been back since. Um, definitely a bit surprising to see them not make it out. Um, to me, that's that's the biggest surprise, except for one other team that I'll let Ben talk about in a second. Um, but yeah, I think that they were a bit surprising, but I think that a lot of the other teams that are making it through uh, definitely were, were solid programs. Minnesota is a very consistent Nationals contender. Georgia Tech, you know, they're, they're tech. They're really, really good. Um, Irvine is, is great. I think Toronto, I think this is their first time ever going to Orc, so definitely exciting for them. I'm excited to see how they do. Um, and Florida International, we've talked about them a lot before. They're just such great people over there, so friendly and so nice. Um, and it, it's definitely nice to see them making it back to Orcs. But there's one team that uh, we were all very sad to see didn't make it through. And Ben, I will toss it over to you for you to talk about this one. Yeah, Drew's, Drew's referring to my B team. So this was actually the regional that we co-hosted uh, with Stevenson. This was, I guess, our regional. So we provided a good chunk of the judges, and, and I helped out the amateur reps a little bit. So I'll get to my B team in a second, but I know that three of the teams moving on from this regional are very strong because my B team hit three of them, and then I also judged one of the teams that's moving on here. So uh, round three, my B team was three and one, and they played Georgia Tech A, who was also three and one. Tech took both of those ballots. Um, it was I thought it was a relatively close round. Tech won the ballots, not like super comfortably, but but I think by a, a decent margin. Uh, that's a very very good team. Uh, I'm not super familiar with all of the people on that team right now, but I think that's a team worth keeping an eye out for. Obviously, Georgia Tech has had a tremendous amount of success, and I would not be surprised at all to see them back in the top group at nationals. Uh, we did play Toronto in round four, and they were very good. It's cool to see how quickly uh, that team has has risen. And, and, you know, I remember when we first started noticing that we had a team from London and team from Toronto, and, and we're getting some of these international teams. And so good on them for, for getting that bid. That is a very impressive uh, rise for them. I will talk briefly about my B team. My B team went four and four with a 21 CS. They were mm. not that far away. If they'd managed to flip that other ballot in round four against Toronto, uh, I'm just pulling up the, the tab summary here to, to kind of refresh my memory. And yeah, so we had a plus four minus three against that Toronto team in round four, uh, which ended up with a 21 CS. Um, this was tough. Uh, my B team, they worked so hard. They're young. Uh, they're pretty inexperienced. We're not a team and a program that we're just not a very big program. Uh, UMBC is just not a huge school. And then a lot of students who go to UMBC go there for science or engineering. And so, you know, we were pretty much always just a two-team program. 
and and I, you know, I'll selfishly say, I think my B team is an orcs caliber uh, team, mm-hmm. and the evidence for that is that they split with two teams, uh, UT Austin B and Toronto A, who are going to orcs. Uh, and so I think that, you know, it's tough for them. I really felt for them. I know that they were they were pretty heartbroken by the results. And so I just I'm very proud of them. I know how hard they worked, and the future is bright. Uh, because of how hard they worked, even though the results didn't end up the way they wanted to be. Uh, one or two other things here. I didn't get to see FIU, uh, but I heard very good things about them. I believe that they maybe took a ballot off of Tech or something like that. I know Tech lost one ballot. Uh, it was 1473. Yeah, so round one, Tech went plus 24, minus four against Florida International, uh, and that ended up being the only loss that Tech had the entire weekend. And then the last thing that I will mention is I actually got to judge in round four. I got to judge Howard C. Uh, and uh, I texted uh, uh, Angela Minor after the round, Howard's uh, main coach and, and professor. That was such a fun team to judge. They were young. You could tell, or you could tell they were a C team. But there's just so much talent and so much charisma and enthusiasm there. Um, and I think that the future at Howard, just like the present at Howard, is very bright. <laughs> based on on what I saw there. Uh, other than that, Drew, I think you pretty much covered it here. Anything else before we move on? Well, I'll just say um, I actually did get to watch your B team go at uh, an invite earlier. Um, and obviously, I, I assume that, you know, you did a lot of work with them to get them ready for regionals as well. But even when I saw them then, they were a good team, a great group of kids. And um, and I couldn't agree with you more. They definitely deserve to be at Orcs. And it's it's always sad to see um, teams that you know are solid that you want to see at orcs not make it um but you know the way i like to think about it is that one team not making it that we think does means some team gets to go and have some great experience um and so you know obviously we wish that we could have had uh, two teams from umbc making it because you guys totally deserve to but um, definitely a lot of strong programs here, not an easy regional, not an easy path at all for you guys. Um, and I think that we've mostly covered though, uh, the spread here at this regional. So if Ben, if you want to take us to the next one, I'd say go for it. Yeah. And I think as we move forward, that's, that's a great point, right? I don't mean to suggest like, obviously I, I love the kids on my B team. And so I want to say good things about them, but the results are what the results are. And, and sometimes, you get a bid with a really low CS and sometimes you don't get a bid with a really high CS. And that's, Mm -hmm. that is just the way that it goes and it will benefit every program in the country to not sort of take the mentality that, Oh, we had something we deserved taken away from us. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the results are what they are. And we've all got to learn to, to live with them and, and incorporate that as part of this activity. Uh, With that said, let's move forward. We've got a couple more regionals left and we're going to go to regional four H our bids in order were UC Davis A with eight wins and a 13 CS. Uh, UMass Amherst B, seven wins and a 16 CS. Case Western B, six wins and a 20 CS. Wellesley A, six wins and a 16 and a half CS. NYUC, six wins and a 15 and a half CS. And then Colorado B, five wins and an 18 CS. We had three honorable mentions here, and they were Scranton A with five wins and a 17 and a half CS. Tufts D, five wins and a 17 CS, and then UC Berkeley C, with five wins and a 17 CS. This was an interesting regional. Uh, Not a ton of shocks here. I will mention Rutgers A. They went three, four, and one. 
mm-hmm. back when, uh, you know, maybe back three or four years ago, Rutgers was a team, obviously geographically that we hit all the time and they were so good. We had some great rounds over the years with, with Rutgers. Uh, so definitely a little bit of surprise to see that their program seems to be having a, a tough year right now. Um, I have to imagine they'll be back soon. Uh, but just worth worth noting there. Uh, another really, really great California team here and UC Davis A that goes 8-0. Uh, Amherst and Case Western both continue to show their strength. Uh, Wellesley is a team that I feel like is a, is a threat from time to time. Uh, I know that I think they actually got two teams through this year. Uh, and so a really, really great showing from them. And then we kind of had some power programs, lower teams from power programs, Tufts D, Berkeley C, NYUC, who all had very strong results as well. Uh, I think the last thing I'll note before I toss it over to you is we did not have a ton of super high CSs in the advancing teams. Had Case Western B at 20, but you had a couple, you know, you had a 13 at the top, a 15 and a 16 and a half. So it seems like this was a relatively uh, balanced regional as far as I can tell. Drew, uh, what did you notice here? So there's a team that I want to talk about here that has one of the toughest breaks I think I've ever seen. Um, and it's at the very top of your tab sheet, but Tufts D, their first round, they go plus 17, tie. Their second round, they go plus 18, tie. Their third round, they go plus 14, lost by minus one. And then in their fourth round, they go plus 27, minus two. And that is enough for them to not make it out. And I just, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that for a team to go four, two and two with a PD of plus 73. Like they had, they had one of the top, the highest PDs of any team there and somehow only had five wins. Like that's, that's really pretty crazy to me. And on that note of PD, and I, I know we've been kind of talking more about PD than I feel like we normally do because I don't like to give it a lot of weight, but just kind of a bizarre kind of interesting, um, UC Boulder was five wins with a minus 41. And that's all because of their last round with, with UC Berkeley. Um, and, you know, UC Berkeley is a great team, so definitely not like a shocker there. But um, just interesting. Like, I'm, I don't feel like you often see a team with five wins and a minus 41 PD. But, you know, clearly they're winning close ones that they can. And sometimes you face a juggernaut in UC Berkeley and it's a tough round. Um, so just kind of some interesting results there. I think you really covered a lot of uh, what I was going to say, though, here, Ben. Um, a lot of this was just some deep, deep programs showing up and having some really impressive showings. Um, definitely, like, look, we've talked about UMass Amherst a few times. I'm very, very impressed from them um, to get their A, B, and C teams all to get out with very, very convincing records. Um, and I, I got to say, I think that this is mostly... Uh, what I would have been expecting, like you said, with the exception of Rutgers. Um, you know, we talked about our, our new nemesis, Case Western. They made it through uh, with one of the highest CSs, um, as you mentioned, Ben. 620 CSs, very, very impressive. Um, I think that that's about it from what I'm seeing. Um, anything else you're seeing, though, over there? I will mention just briefly the first honorable mention here, which is Scranton A. We're, we're good friends with their program. And, and I feel like the, like, middle of pennsylvania i feel like every year there's like two teams that i've never heard of that go five and three at regionals i'm like where where are all these teams coming like like south of you north of me there's just this like 
you know, you've got Franklin and Marshall and Scranton and all of those teams up there, but, but good to see them. They were on the uh, other end of that wacky plus 27 minus two split with Tufts and that plus two for Scranton gave them the fifth win they needed to get an open bid and get through. Uh, so good on them and, and looking forward to see how they do at Orcs. Uh, and then, you know, I think that Davis is such an interesting team here uh, to mention. We, we, you know, we highlight um, some of the other California teams uh, and it's kind of easy to focus on them. Davis is ranked 29th. They won seven and a half ballots at Orcs last year, at Nationals last year. And it looks like they won five at Nationals two, the, the last Nationals before that, that happened. Um they're only a couple spots on the TPR behind Irvine. They're ahead of UCLA B. Uh, and I feel like just because of the pedigree of uh, Irvine and Berkeley and, and Stanford and some of those schools, that Davis doesn't get as much attention. But they are certainly a team that I have my eye on, especially since uh, I, I don't know this off the top of my head, but I'm assuming that they're back in California at that orcs um since there's only one in california and so i'll be really interested to see how they perform and whether they're a california team that can kind of break into that top group i totally agree with you about tufts though that's just i don't know you know what uh like accidental curse tufts put on their d team <laughs> uh but still i mean honestly to get even five wins for your d team is really really oh, great sure. performance so uh, i think that's all i see here drew if you want to move us to four i let's do it you know, the last thing I want to quickly mention, you talked about Wellesley and how good they were. I think that you don't realize um, the 6-2 and two record that they had. They, similarly to Tufts, in round 1 were a plus 19 minus 1, and in round 4 was a plus 9 minus 1. So it was two ballots of one point that was keeping them away from an 8-0. and 0. So I just wanted to note that. Um, I've been talking enough about PD that I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't say that. So good on them for a very convincing showing, and I hope that Haverford does not have to face them at works. But on that note, let's go ahead and move along to 4i. Um, starting here, we got six bids. We've got the College of William & Mary, uh, their A-team, with eight wins and a 15.5 CS. Then we've got Brown A with seven wins and a 19.5 CS. Then UConn A with seven wins and a 16 CS. Then Fordham Lincoln Center A with six wins and a 14 CS. UC Santa Barbara B with five and a half wins and a 17 and a half CS. And finally, MIT B with five wins and an 18 CS. We also had one honorable mention team here, Northwestern D, who had five wins and a 12 and a half CS. Um, my initial gut reaction after reading that is like, what the heck? This was such a hard regional. Like, yeah. oh my gosh. I mean, William Mary A, Brown A, Lincoln Center A, MIT B, like, uh, UConn A. I just feel like all those teams, I'm like, yeah, like, those are really good teams. I mean, this was a definitely a pretty chalk result. I don't think that there were any um, surprises in terms of teams not making it out. Um, but wow. Like that is just a, a really tough regional. Um, and, and, you know, we've talked about, uh, some sort of like surprises. I, I don't think that there were any true surprises for me here. Um, we talked about MITA and how successful they were definitely really cool to see that MITB made it through as well. Love seeing that, that they're getting two teams through to orcs this year, really exciting for their program. And I'm excited to see how they can do Northwestern D. I mean, Wow, that just it. You said it with Tufts D, but a D team getting five wins 
is really a rare sight and should really be be noted. It's very impressive. I'll say that I think to me, if I had to say there was a surprise, to me it would probably be that Lincoln Center wasn't more dominant. I think they're probably the favorite here. And for them to drop about, they dropped about to Berkeley D and also one to Williams B. And, um, I, you know, those are both solid programs. UC Berkeley we've talked a lot about. And Williams is a solid school, a solid program there. You know, I don't think that those are like shocks, but definitely I would have expected Lincoln Center to sweep those two rounds. But other than that, I really do think this is about what was expected and, uh, you know, not to make it a cheap analysis by saying it's all chalk, but uh, Ben, I'll, I'll let you be more in-depth and interesting. <laughs> well, look, sometimes that's what happens. You know, sometimes you have a regional where most of the teams that you expect to do well, do well. And I think for the most part, that is what happened here. I'll highlight one or two teams. I had the opportunity, uh, I think, at Southern Shutdown. I keep calling it that because it's I think of Southern <laughs> Showdown and Shutdown Showdown. And it's one of these days, I'm just going to call it the Shutdown Southern shut down showdown or something i don't know at the southern showdown i had the opportunity to judge brown a and i was very impressed by them uh they had an attorney who gave who i gave the first 10 on an element that genuinely i can remember giving in a very long time i've i've softened on the the lower end of the scale but i 10 to me has to be like you know, I'll be, actually, I'll just be selfish. I'll be completely honest with you here. My metric for a 10 is a Sydney Gaskins closing. Like if, if you do something that impresses me as much as that, I'll give you a 10. And there was an attorney on Brown A who I gave a 10 to who I was very impressed by. I think wow. that's a good team. Uh, they played UConn uh, and the two of them split. And that's how the two of them ended up with seven wins each. But I think that Brown is a team. I know they're well coached. I know that they're just a strong dynamic team. I'll be keeping an eye on them at Orcs. Uh, William and Mary is so good. They're one of my favorite teams in, in Anta. Mm-hmm. They're just the nicest people uh, and just really talented year in and year out. They haven't really had that year. You know, they've been to national several times. They haven't really had that near year where they've been like top eight or top five in their division, uh, at least as far as, as I remember over the last couple of years. And I wonder if they've got one in the tank there. Cause they're just a really, really great program. Uh, agree with you about Lincoln Center. I'll be very interested to see how they perform at Orcs, especially since I think they've been online for most of the year. Mm-hmm. But just I, I, the first thing that comes to mind with with them, you know, they're very clinical, right? When you we do a round with Lincoln Center, they're going to make tough objections. They're going to be precise. Um, I remember we hit them a couple of years ago. I think at Hilltop maybe. And it was just like, my team was a little sloppy and they weren't. And it was like a really, really good test for Mm -hmm. us. So I think other than that, you kind of covered everything. And I totally agree that this was a particularly difficult regional, which was probably part of the reason that the names you see at the top are names that were pretty familiar. Yeah. I'll mention that about the Lincoln center point, they had a really solid contingency of, of members that graduated recently. And I think this is going to be a pretty, uh, a big test year. I mean, they were, they had both their A and B team be really solid for a while. And we talked about the fact that their B team didn't make it through earlier. I think this A team is kind of the remains of that, the really significant, um, you know, talent pool they had for a little while. And I think this is going to be an interesting year for them to see if they can maintain that level of pedigree and success and I definitely hope they can. They're a really solid program, in it, and uh, as you pointed out, they're really a solid program in the area. So I'm intrigued to see how they end up doing. 
And I guess the last thing I'll quickly mention here is just UC Berkeley. Um, I mentioned them as taking a ballot off of Lincoln Center, but they had probably one of the a, a pretty tough showing uh, or a pretty tough schedule. Sorry, um, just you know some really tough breaks. Looking at their schedule, you see that they had a loss of, by one, a tie, a loss by six, and a loss by eight. Um, just some close, close rounds, and and got to think they were so close. You know turning one of those around and all of a sudden they're in. Um, and again, this is a deep, you know, a, a, a UC Berkeley, I think this is UC Berkeley D. Um, I don't have it off the top of my head, but I think that's their D team. I mean, that's just, again, very, very impressive to have a D team that's doing that well. But I think Ben, uh, as you pointed out, we're, we're getting a little late. So go ahead. And if you want to take us to the next one. I will take us to our next and final regional, which was regional 4J. This was our 28th of 28 regionals for oh uh, 2022. Uh, so at our very last regional, we had six bids just like all the rest. Those six bids in order were Emory C, seven wins and a 16 CS. Furman A, seven wins and a 15 CS. Fresno State A, seven wins and a 15 CS. They're a few points behind Furman A on the OCS tiebreak. Chicago B, seven wins and an 11 CS. Colorado College A, six wins and a 12 CS. And then Flagler A with five wins and a 19 CS. Two honorable mentions here. We had Nebraska C, five wins and a 19 CS. Uh, I don't have the tab summary directly in front of me, but I assume there was an OCS tiebreak there. And then Central Florida A with five wins and a 15 CS. Uh, this was probably the only regional of week four with what we would def describe as a true shock. Um, and that shock was Irvine A, who went four and four and did not get a bid. Um, they had a bit of a strange path in round one. They went plus 13, minus one against Rochester A. And then in round two, they went plus 20, minus 10 against Brandeis A. Uh, not exactly sure, you know, what resulted in those strange splits. We have seen Irvine a couple times uh, throughout the year. I think they had a pretty good showing at Windy City, if I recall correctly. Uh, I would expect them to be a team that comfortably wins rounds like that and, and gets through. And then in round four, so they, they sweep their round three. And then round four, they went minus one, minus eight to a Marquette team who is unranked hmm. and who had quite a strange weekend themselves and that they managed to pull a ballot um, against Chicago B as well as two ballots against Irvine, but they didn't actually manage to get a bid through. <laughs> uh, so just a, a strange set of results there uh, that I just don't quite know what to make of. Um, Irvine, I think through their, their B and C teams has two teams at Orcs, if I recall correctly. I, I don't think this suggests anything uh, to you know, to say that Irvine is like down or, or anything like that. I think they are one of the three California teams in that. Yeah, Irvine, UC San Diego, and UC Davis are all tied at 29th. So just a really, really great team. Uh, I'll mention one or two other ones here and then kick it over to you. Uh, Furman, certainly a team that has a storied history in this uh, activity. Seven wins, uh, having a strong year back at Orcs. Uh, we've talked about Colorado College before. If I recall correctly, wasn't Colorado College the one team from the D group who got a Nationals bid in the infamous week one of 2020 orcs? I, I recall when we did that episode, I think I remember that talking about right. that. And then that I, I sounds think like, right. Yeah. And I think we're like, oh, I hope they get a chance. And then obviously, you know, yeah. <laughs> they didn't. Um, <laughs> gestures at the world. Uh, and so good to see them continuing to have success as well. Uh, and then I think the last thing I'll mention and kick it over to you. Topping this group 
Emory C. Uh, just mm-hmm. such a strong program. Their A team certainly in that conversation for who's going to win the national championship. And it seems like they're not going to have any drop off when they have seniors graduate to see their C team uh, really clean through this regional. Uh, Drew, what did I miss here? All right. Well, I want to pick up right where you left off because on that Emory C team is someone who I, I want to shout her out. So this was a girl who went to the same high school that I went to and I helped coach her when she was a high school student there. She then went to Emory and had plans of doing debate there. She was a really strong debater. And I'd always told her, no, you're so good at mock trial. Do mock trial. Do mock trial. And uh, she finally bought in and, and, and sold herself on doing mock trial when she got there. She's on their C team. She was both an attorney and a witness. And I'm just so, so happy for her and for that whole Emory C team to make it through. I spoke with her all the time and I know how hard they were working. And when I do a podcast, I get to talk about people that I like and I'm getting to shout her out. So Jesse, congratulations. And I'm so happy for you. Um, other thing I wanted to quickly mention is that I think officially after this regional, we can switch MIT's crown of cursed CSs to Howard. Howard's D team was here, which I didn't remember Howard having a D team. I maybe I'm not remembering that, but I feel like they had three teams for a little while, but they now have a D team and their D team also went four and four and had a 21 CS. And I, I just, I mean, I, their C team was the only one to break that and had the five and three to get the open bid, but their A, B and D all had four and four records with a 20 plus CS. And that is just I don't know what you, you got to do. Uh, you know, clearly Angela is going to have to talk with someone over there and, and find out what's going on. But uh, <laughs> on a serious note, that is just a really tough schedule and a tough break for a strong program. But Ben, I think you really covered it. You know, Irvine is obviously a huge, huge shock to not be seeing um, on that list. They're just such a good program. But um, seeing four teams with seven wins is is kind of not uh, it, it definitely interesting to me just because I think those were four of the top teams that I would have expected to make it out along with Irvine. Um, You know, Emory just so deep as we've discussed. Furman has been, you know, really getting their feet back under them and shown some really solid uh, years now. Fresno has been solid. Chicago is Chicago. Um, Definitely not, nothing too crazy here. Um, And then our, our last two out, you know, Colorado college you talked about and then Flagler. Um, I feel like flag, I don't, know if this is their first time making it to orcs if it is i don't think they've had a ton of success in the past ben do you know better yeah i'm looking at the tpr list they haven't made it the last two years okay. in 20 okay. the third year they did make it but they only won one ballot so i okay. think this is the first time in a couple all of right years. well hopefully they will have a better showing this year and that is really exciting for them to get to go back um while ben was reading it i did check the ocs tiebreaker was they had just 62 and nebraska c who was the first honorable mention who was also five wins with a 19 cs had just an ocs of 60 um so very, very close. Luckily, um, Nebraska w- you know, will get off the open bid list, and, and that team uh, effectively would be able to go to Orcs as well. Um, but yeah, I think this was just pretty much what was um, expected. Uh, well, actually, I shouldn't say that. Um, we also had Rochester A not making it out, which goes to show um, just how deep of a regional this was, that you've got those four teams at the top. You've got the Colorado College, um, and then you've got Irvine A and Rochester A both not making it. Um, just clearly a very, very competitive and tough uh, regional here. And Rochester, we talked about it before, but their D team is the one that picked up the slack. So not sure whether it's going to be this same Rochester A team or if it's going to be the D team or some combination of them. But um, this A team went three and five with the CS of 17. 
Um, honestly, like not the strongest showing. Um, so definitely be intrigued to see what they end up doing or what they decide. I, I gotta say, like, I mean, I know Rochester definitely used to stack. Um, it just is, uh, I don't know, just a pretty odd result when I'm looking at these, um, how, how much better their D team did. So who knows what they'll end up deciding, but definitely glad to see that program will be moving forward. Um, but honestly, guys, this is, uh, it's been a bit of a slog. We're through our, our 10th and final regional of this one. Um, ben, if you have anything else to, to mention, I'd say go for it. But if not, whew, I'm just going <laughs> to get a swig of water and uh, call it. <laughs> yeah, which we like the, I'm waiting for my dog to bring a Gatorade bath down here. Just like, right. all right, we, we made it through. <laughs> um, no, I totally agree with you. I think that, uh, you know, these these episodes, just to kind of wax poetic for a moment as we move forward into Orcs, uh, these regionals episodes are ones that we always look forward to. We kind of get to go across the country and mm-hmm. learn about uh, programs really all across the U.S. Um, I will say, after now two years of doing these uh, episodes about virtual regionals, I am knocking on wood that our 2023 regionals reviews will be in-person regionals, um, and we'll get to sort of start to compare some of those um geographical matchups that maybe we haven't seen as much in past years but it's always fun to get to do these i guess we'll toss on that disclaimer at the very end uh that we did at the very beginning which is of course we do the best that we can we do a lot of research we rely on some of the research done by the good folks at mock analysis as my drug we try to gather as much information as we can but i'm sure we miss things uh and if we did feel free to reach out to us we're sorry if we didn't mention your team and we hope that Everybody who's moving on to Orcs has a lot of success, has a great weekend. We hope that our first in-person tournaments in two years, man, it feels so good to say that, uh, are successful and that everybody stays healthy and well. Uh, Drew, do you have any more thoughts before I wrap us up? Uh, Last thing I'll just say is good luck at Orcs. I'm so excited for everyone to get it to be, for it to get to be in person. Um, Don't forget to have some fun in what I'm sure is going to be a stressful and awful experience for you all. But seriously, it is just, uh, it it is an experience like no other. And I, I am sad that I will not be attending any. Um, It's just a, it happens to be the same weekend that my appellate brief is due. So uh, (laughs) that's just a, well, I, I guess I, I could be going this weekend, but I need to work on that appellate brief so that next weekend I can finish it. So sorry that I'm not judging, but other people, if you're nearby a city that you can go judge, please go judge. And for those that are competing, best of luck to you. Have a great time. And just remember that, you know, this is an amazing thing to get to do mock trial in person. And it's something that um, has been a goal for a little while. And I'm just glad that we're able to get back to it. Yeah, I, I, um, <laughs> I think my closing thought uh, is I'm I'm not looking forward to orcs. I'm definitely not looking forward to uh, the senior recognition at the end of orcs. Oh. Uh, we haven't had an in-person senior recognition oh, for no. a couple of years, and uh, those always, as a coach, those Very always hit hard. hard, right? Because yep. it just you love to see your seniors move on and do great things, but at the same time, you know that means your seniors are leaving, and that's always a tough thing. But I'm very glad that all of the seniors going to Orcs will have the opportunity to have the in-person Orcs recognition with their teams one more time. Thank you as everyone for listening. It is always a pleasure to be with you. Thank you for your patience and understanding as we work to get this episode out to you. Our Orcs review episodes will be up very soon. As soon as we start getting those results. And then before too long and and just a little bit over a week, we our national championship field will be set. We'll get a chance to dig into that nationals case and we will have so much content to bring you during that timeframe. The path back to Lancaster. Let's do it.
the path back to Lancaster. That was the last tournament. You know, the Lancaster Orcs was our tournament before uh, the world shut down. So, you know, we're hoping that we're going to be there. And, <laughs> and I think it'll be a great uh, tournament run by Grant Keener and the folks at Amta. Always. Thanks, as always, for listening, everybody. It's a pleasure to be with you. We'll be back in your feeds very soon. Until then, this has been The Mock Review with Ben and Drew. 